0: Thank you for listening to Action in Ministry. We want to hear about your ministry or a ministry you love. Text the word ACTION to 484848 and a producer will contact you for your idea. When someone's decision lands them in jail, he or she experiences captivity like never before. But Mission Gate Ministry sees this as an opportunity to help them experience freedom like they could never imagine. We're hearing the story of how this ministry is walking with men and women on the journey from crime to Christ. That's on this Action in Ministry. Inspiring you to be the hands. Empowering you to be the feet. Strengthening you to be the heart of Christ for others. Action. Action. Action
1: in ministry.
0: I'm Rachel Legoutet, and this is Action and Ministry. While prison is probably never thought to be an ideal place to spend your time, it can be a place where doing your time can be life-changing in the best way. Mission Gate sees not only the needs of inmates and those being reintegrated, they see the opportunity to build up men and women who know and love Christ and can function well in society. Joining me now is Trish Mathis. Trish is the co-founder and executive aftercare director overseeing all the prison services and aftercare sites of Mission Gate. Also joining us today is Laura Cressman. She's the program director at Hannah's Ranch, a transitional home for women. Ladies, thanks so much for joining us today.
1: We are glad to be here. We're glad to be here. Thank you.
0: Well, Trish, while many people might find themselves in a place where they're exercising caution with people who have been imprisoned, you were drawn to help and reach out and minister to this group of people. What led you personally to to start this and take care of people who have been in this type of situation?
2: Well, my husband was never incarcerated, but he was addicted to alcohol and prescription drugs. My husband came to know Christ. People brought him into the prison to give his testimony. Mm. Every time he went in, people would want to change their life, and he was like a role model. So he spoke at different churches trying to get other people to come and help the prisoners because he was called to it. One day he spoke at a church and asked for people to come forward that were really called by God. Well, I was the only one that came forward, mm. and that's when I really knew that. In fact, we argued up at the altar. He said, "No, I don't want you to go into prison." <laughs> and I said, "But it's not you that the Lord really called me." So that wow. was our beginning. So he just he started to share his story, and people resonated with that. Yes, he. Um, He didn't want to hit a bottom lower than the one he hit before he came to know Christ. So tell me how Mission Gate started. Well, we started working in the prisons, and then as far as aftercare, people started getting out. And that's really where my heart is, because it didn't seem right that we were doing all these prison services and— People would get go out. Back then in 1985, there were no home plans for people. There were phone booths, and mm-hmm. people came right from prison, dropped off in a city right where they came from. And they would call us, collect from a phone booth, saying, I'm out. What do I do now? So
0: when you say aftercare, you're not talking about, like, aftercare situations for after school or after work. You're talking about after Ooh, being released from prison. Correct.
2: What do I do when I get out? And so we... Um, when you have a calling on you, it's, you feel God's protection, and we—I wouldn't suggest this for everybody, but we started out by keeping people in our home, mm-hmm. and obviously w- that got a little bit uncomfortable after a while, and God just one by one provided homes, expanding our ministry. So how does Mission
0: Gate work when somebody is released, or how do you find the people to take part in your program?
2: like I said, we've got about 200 volunteers going in city, county, and state jails, and it's, we work in Missouri, mm-hmm. and we're pretty well known in Missouri for a good, safe place reintegration program, and word gets around that Mission Gate is a no-nonsense ministry. Mm-hmm. If you really want to change your life, then they apply, a 12-page application, and we screen the applications and we have a personal interview with each person to see if uh, we don't want to waste our resources or the church's resources or our donors. So, we have the people come in that we really think are going to benefit from the teaching of Christ. And when you say a
0: no-nonsense program, somebody enters into your program of aftercare, what can they expect to find?
2: Well, no drugs or no alcohol, Mm -hmm. Uh, very experienced and trained staff that love the Lord, and most of our staff have been there. They've experienced drugs and alcohol. So uh, they have to work full-time, and they pay a portion of their income to Mission Gate. One third of Mission Gate is actually funded by the people in our program, which is amazing. And they one hundred percent work full time. They have three classes per week and one on one counseling and a local church they must attend. So that's pretty strenuous while they're in prison thinking I want to change my life, Mm-mm. they They know that Mission Gate is a no-nonsense, hardworking ministry, and that's what helps change them.
0: It sounds like a lot of responsibility. Do the people live on-site and work
2: on-site? They live on-site, but they also work off-site. So um, we go by the three R's. We've got regeneration, which is born again by the power of the Holy Spirit. Rehabilitation, that's what we teach them while they're in our program, Uh, We have several courses designed for them, and they get involved in the community. So then there's the reintegration. And after nine months, when they leave our program, they're part of a local church, Mm -hmm. or they have connections wherever they go, where they know they have to stay grounded, accountability. How many people are you currently serving? We serve 350 people per year. Per year? And yes. And it's a nine-month program. Nine months. So, yes. So, you said that
0: they fill out an application. hmm How do you decide who gets in to the program?
2: We've, like I say, we do have a lot of experience as, since we started in 1985. We've got an intake coordinator, and uh, we go over every application very thoroughly, And really try to figure out if they know the Lord or if they're just finding a place to stay Mm -hmm. and get their needs met and then scoot out. So we're looking for people that are really serious about Jesus Christ and changing their lives. Do
0: most of your participants stay through the whole nine months, or do you have a large turnover rate? We
2: do have a turnover, but not a large turnover. Mm -hmm. And I think that's because of the work that is done ahead of time.
0: Yeah, so they spend— Nine months mm-hmm. with you, and then they're reintegrated into a more what what maybe you would call like mainline mainstream life outside.
2: Right. And by then, we hope that they've learned the tools of accountability, mm-hmm. and that's really what they need. That is a key to their recovery. Working, taking care of themselves and accountability, family reunification, mm-hmm. all of that. What have you found to be like
0: the most impactful piece of this puzzle of reintegrating for former inmates?
2: Well, number one is a relationship with Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't matter what education level. It doesn't matter how bad their past was. If they have a true relationship with Jesus Christ, then they're going to make it. And so I would say that would be the most. And also knowing the need for continued accountability. So when they leave our program, they're well-grounded in a local church.
1: Mm.
2: One of your sites is called Hannah's Ranch. Yes. And Laura,
0: you are the program director there. Yes. How did you get connected with Hannah's
1: Ranch? Well, I... Um I started out in St. Louis, actually. We had a women's house down there called Crystal's House Mm -hmm. for a while, and then I ended up out at Hannah's Ranch. It's actually women and children. And what drew you to this type of work? My past. Uh Um, I um, also was addicted, Mm -hmm. and uh, Jesus Christ saved me 15 years ago. Um, And I just knew it, it. I just knew that I was to help other people do the same, rebuild their lives back together Mm -hmm. if they were serious.
0: That's beautiful. You've taken a part of your story and are helping other people through theirs now, too. Absolutely. So Hannah's Ranch is a, a home for women? And children, yes. So can you tell us a little bit about what life is like at Hannah's Ranch?
1: Well... Um, All the women have to uh, work a full-time job, as Tricia stated. 100% of our residents work Mm -hmm. and are financially responsible. They have to come. We do have children there. They go to daycare or they go to school, um, the local school. Uh, They take classes three times a week. They have services. They have church. They have one-on-one counseling, Mm -hmm. parenting and um they are accountable we have live in 24 hour live in supervision so families are able to be
0: reunified Absolutely. right there at Yes, but yes then given and given the resources to also
1: thrive as a mm-hmm. family then well that's the um the biggest thing right there is trying to when they're serious about <clears throat> changing their life around um they've already kind of uh, lost their children or their children are with their families. Mm-hmm. And so we work really hard at trying to get the, all those bonds put back together um, so they don't lose their children. Those children deserve a clean and sober mother.
0: Yeah. How do, you, uh, how do you reach their heart? You give them the tools of how to have the accountability and the, the responsibilities of life, but how do you help them work in that bonding
1: Actually, that's God. <laughs> he does that part. But we just guide them, mm-hmm. teach them. Um, we They are the mother there. We don't try to be mother. Uh, but we do guide them um, because they're coming in with unhealthy behavior from their old lifestyle, Mm -hmm. so we try to implement the new lifestyle, the new behavior with them and their children, because the children also come in with um, behavior from their past, and so it's not only changing the women, but it's the children that's going through a change also.
0: Nine months feels like, um, at one time, kind of a a big chunk of time, but also a Not very big chunk of time for women and anyone who's trying to transition. Um, What happens
1: after they leave? After they leave, well, a lot of Hannah's Ranch is different. Okay, almost all of them stay um, because they got children. Okay, so that's a big difference. Uh, They sometimes the nine month program they're not ready either financially or Mentally, uh, physically, they uh, need a couple more months. So a lot of them stay to maybe a year. Mm -hmm. They don't have to leave it exactly at nine months. Yeah. Um, And then we mostly they get really good jobs when they first come out. Um, with their past and everything, Mission Gate is very blessed on having an established relationships with employers out there, Mm -hmm. and um, they come out and make. Pretty decent money with health insurance and everything. So they usually stay in the community Yeah, and get a place there for them and their children. And, then and they stay see connected them grow then. And they stay connected then, yes, with the support that they establish while they're there. That's great. Trish, I'm I'm listening to Laura talk about all
2: of these different services that are offered. And a lot is going through my head also.
1: Yeah.
0: (laughs) Uh, The um,
2: great changes.
0: (laughs) How many people do you employ from Mission Gate? Or do you, how do all these counselors and everybody get involved?
2: We have 15 employees. Okay. And we also have wonderful volunteer counselors or mentors, depending on what training they have. Oh, my goodness.
0: That's a lot to keep track of, though.
2: <laughs> yes. It's so exciting, though. I We're in the process of writing a newsletter now, and uh, we heard from kids and so many children say at Hannah's Ranch and Promises mm. of Hope that uh, one little boy even said, I'm doing things now like, you know, mom and children do together. It's just like a whole yeah. new experience for them.
0: Well, God— can and does take the messiest of stories and transforms them into a beautiful, redemptive story. And I'm sure you see this all the time, but, Laura, I'm wondering if you have any any story you'd like to share of maybe some transformations that you've seen in your time at Hannah's Ranch.
1: I have seen a lot. <laughs> but the recent one that really touches my heart is a 12-year-old boy that lives there. Mm-hmm. Um, they are actually been through the program, and they're moving out Um this week, oh. so he's been there for nine months. But when he came in, he um, he was very unhappy and didn't want well to live. Oh. And uh, nine months later, that little boy is on the local uh, football team. He serves at his church every Sunday. Mm-hmm. Gets up at six thirty and can't wait to go. Mm-hmm. He's very happy, and uh, he's so happy that him and his sister and his mom are all together again. Yeah. So it's not just the women, it's the children's lives and the watch, the transformation of a child um, going from sad to happy. I just, it, there's nothing else more rewarding than that.
0: Yeah, I'm listening to you say these things and I'm wondering just how it feels
1: to watch that type of change happen. I'm just a small part in, and I just watch it happen, and God does it. And it's but it is that's the rewarding part mm. of this this uh, ministry. Well, Trish, you
0: have probably seen a lot of transformations too. Um, are there any that stand out to you? That
2: There's several. <laughs> but one is one mom, she was going to have an abortion and mm-hmm. I counseled her out of it and she ended up having the baby while she was in prison and said, "Okay, I listened to you and I had the baby. Can you come and get her?" So I came and got her, cared for her, I took her back when the mom got out and it was very sad to see how this little baby I fell in love with, how she was going to have to live with mm-hmm. graffiti all over the school, broken windows. And it just so happens we did get the baby back again. We adopted her. And um, today she's 30 years old, and she's working at a an adoption agency placing babies in homes, which is amazing. Mm-hmm. And then there's another one that I have to share that she adopted her baby out And she had another baby. She had to work at getting back. We helped her with that. But she, with the baby she adopted out, she was on drugs when she did that. And I remember her crying and us walking and praying. And she, it ends up today, she sees that baby that was adopted out. And that baby's also a part of her life. Mm -hmm. And that's a miracle. Mm -hmm. Yes.
0: This sounds like an incredible service for. For someone who's sitting in a space without any resources, what happens to people who come out of the prison system and they don't have something like Mission Gate when they don't have what you have to offer? What's left for them?
2: It's not a whole lot of hope for them because the people that come to our ministry will come often with prison clothes and a little box of belongings, and that's it. Mm -hmm. So... They need to get uh, identification, birth certificate, a job. They have no transportation and no clothes to look okay for an interview. Mm-hmm. And for the unfortunately, it's, that's why it is a revolving door for the ones that go back to even their families. But everybody's using drugs, so it's very sad. A lot of people are trapped. They want to get out, but they don't know how. Mm.
0: How has being a part of Mission Gate and Hannah's Ranch, how has that impacted you personally, Trish?
2: It like ignites me. It excites me because I, got, I get to see God working all the time. Mm-hmm. And um, that is the greatest gift a person can have when they see God at work.
0: What about you, Laura? How has it impacted you to be a part of this project and this type of work?
1: That's a hard question because I see it every day. Uh-huh. Um, it impacts me every day. It gives me, it encourages me to keep going, to keep doing what I'm doing. When we see the the work of God in the ministry, um, lives are actually being changed. When you asked Trish about where they would go when they come out. Um, a lot of uh, they would go back to where they came from. Yeah. And recovery doesn't start like that. Recovery starts and rebuilding their lives again. Mm-hmm. And so it uh, at Mission Gate, that's what we're doing is helping them rebuild their life and get all their priorities in order. So when they leave they can actually live in recovery.
0: Well you have a really robust volunteer system to keep Mission Gate going, <laughs> but how how do you get all of the the clothes and supplies and things to help everyday life happen for people who have nothing?
2: We started out from nothing, mm-hmm. and little by little, the Lord has supplied all the needs that we need to help people through local churches, through caring Christians, um it just happens. <laughs> it's a lot of hard work, but it does. I mean, God does provide.
0: Uh-huh. If somebody wanted to help and support and give to Mission Gate, how would they be able to join with you in the work that
2: you're doing? They could call us and we will listen to their hearts to see where to line them up in the ministry, or they could make a financial donation. And we would use that to help each person and child, man, women, that we can. Well, on Action and Ministry, we want our
0: listeners to be inspired, to be active in ministry, um, and to be involved in something that God has equipped them and gifted them to do. You've put your faith into action. You guys are actively living that out. What type of advice would you give to somebody who's wanting— to be active?
2: I would say look to see where God is working and join them. So it may be in a local church, it may may be in a ministry, it may be in your neighborhood, your next door neighbor, your own home. Just don't give up on people, keep praying for them, and I'm sure God will get you involved. Laura, any words of advice to share?
1: Um, I agree with Trish. You just start right where you're at. Mm -hmm. If you want to serve the Lord, start right where you're at, even if it's right outside your front door. Um, You commit yourself to the Lord, and He will establish the rest of it. Well, Laura, Trish, thank you so
0: much for joining us today and sharing your stories with us. We are inspired by the work that you're doing. Thank you. Thank
2: you. It was wonderful to be here. (laughs)
0: In the book of Isaiah, we hear of a God who shall build up the ancient ruins, raise up the former devastations, repair ruined cities, and the devastations of many generations. The same God who rebuilds ruined cities can and does restore the lives of those who have been devastated. Trish and her team at Mission Gate see this firsthand as ex-offenders are rehabilitated and restored to community through the faithful work of their loving ministry. They have displayed God's love through massive action, and because of it, they've seen God's hand at work among those who some would never risk loving. How will you love? How will you be a part of God's beautiful plan of restoration? Thanks for joining us. That's Action in Ministry. I'm Rachel Legutte.
2: Thank you for listening to Action in Ministry. We'd love to hear how you and your church are ministering to your community. To submit ideas for this podcast, visit our website, lhm.org forward slash action and send us an email.